Welcome to the Butterfly Broadcast, sharing stories of transformation after pregnancy and infant loss. I'm your host, Bailey DeMars. Speaking of transformations, this podcast is brought to you by perhaps the most transformative product that exists for your skin, Promycin, an acne treatment that actually works and fast. My cute husband has had acne since he was a teenager, and this summer he used Promycin, and for the first time ever, his back was clear. I'm not kidding. I saw a difference after one use, and five days later, the acne was gone. Promycin comes from the Cara Poloni skincare line, and I love and use all of her products, including micro needle powder cleanser, nano silver spray, healing facial serum, hydrating kiss mist spray, and their lip balm. My favorite part is that every ingredient is natural and supplied by the wholesaler Bulk Naturals. So get your skin transformation started at carapaloni.com or simply just Google Promyosin. Hello, Jen. Welcome to the Butterfly Broadcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to get to know your story a little bit more. We have a mutual connection through Share Parents of Utah. So... I want to hear more about you. So um, I guess I would start with, I'm actually, I live in Utah now, um, but I'm actually from Illinois. And um, what brought me out here 12 years ago was working for Real Salt Lake. It was my first job out of college. I moved here at the age of 21. I didn't know a person and um, it was a really cool first job. And um, that's actually where I met my husband. We worked together there for five years and um, we got married on the field in the stadium. Uh, It was so magical, so awesome. We're just like this big soccer family. And so um, it was really exciting. And um, it's actually where we did our first pregnancy announcement for our daughter, Layla. We did like a whole, like a fake press release. Um, it was really cute. And so, um, yeah, soccer is, soccer is a huge part of our family. I actually, uh, spring season for my four-year-old just started and I got roped into coaching. (laughs) So, uh, it is like wrangling cats out there, but it's, it's really good. It's really fun. And so, um, yeah, so soccer is just where I guess we are soccer family. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess our family. And then, um, I've worked in soccer for, I guess, a combined 10 years, which is crazy. I worked for Real Salt Lake, and then I moved on to the youth side, and I was the marketing manager for Utah Youth Soccer. And so we're the governing body for soccer in the state of Utah, 60,000 players. And um, after um, after I lost our, we lost our baby uh, in 2020. Uh, Oh my goodness, years are running together. 2021 at the end, um, 2022, I actually stepped away so I could stay home more with my daughter. And I started my own company. Uh, it's a marketing, social media marketing consulting. And uh, I named it 630 Creative in honor of uh, my area code growing up, 630. And uh, also in honor of... Um, I do a lot of my work after hours when my husband comes home and it's 630 and I can finally fully focus on uh, the task at hand. So that's a little bit about me. 
That's amazing. You're a busy woman. It's been, it's been fun. It's, it's sometimes hard to keep it all straight, but I'm like, how do people with all these kids do it? So. Yeah. I know it's hard enough to keep you and your husband going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been, done, I've been watching Ted Lasso. So I don't know if you've seen that. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. My husband and I are like all into the soccer mode right now too. So that's awesome. You have your career in that and marketing as well. So if you're ready, just dive right into your story. Tell me about this sweet angel baby of yours. Yeah, so I guess um, what's kind of interesting about our story in general is just that um, my pregnancy with Layla was my my four-year-old was really, really rough. Um, I was actually in the best shape of my life when I got pregnant with her. I like... I had tested my body fat percentage. It was like 7%. It was insane. It was like, I was crossfitting. I was, I was so healthy. And then all of a sudden, so I'm like, this pregnancy is going to be so awesome. And then I had a gallbladder attack at 11 weeks. And, um, and I ended up having to have my gallbladder removed at 22 weeks pregnant. And I didn't even know they could do surgery like that when you were pregnant. And so that was, that was pretty rough. Um, I specifically remember one of the nurses or doctors or someone when they're putting me under, you know, I asked like, are you going to monitor the baby's heart heart rate and everything? And she's like, well, um, no, because if, if anything happened, she wouldn't survive anyway. So like, it was just mind blowing to me that that's what she said. I'm like, uh, have we ever heard of bedside manner here? (laughs) Like it was insane. Um, but luckily we came out and she was fine and uh, super, super busy with work and tournaments and hosting our gala for for, uh, for soccer and everything. And um, she ended up, my water broke at 33 weeks and she ended up coming out at 33 weeks. And so she was actually a NICU baby for a month. And so going into the second pregnancy where we we had such a rough go at the for the first one that we were like, do we really want to do this? And we said, yeah, we, we want, we want her to have a sibling and oh my gosh. So we, you know, I had the morning sickness and just the normal stuff. And we did uh, genetic testing because we thought, well, just in case, like it was just a fluke with the water breaking, but we just want to make sure. And, um, I, we went in what was like, tracking wise would have been 10 weeks. And the doctor said, ah, actually you're not 10 weeks, you're nine. She's measured, they're measuring so small. And so they adjusted the due date and, uh, we're like, okay, that's, you know, whatever. A week later I do the genetic testing. It comes back and I'll never forget. The woman called me and said, yeah, you have a healthy baby girl. And so we're like, okay, this is great. We did a whole announcement. Our daughter was obsessed with Toy Story at the time. So we did like a you know, best friend forever with her Toy Story characters, pregnancy announcement. It was great. (laughs) And um, yeah. And then we had our 20 week ultrasound scheduled and then we got COVID. And so we had to push it back two weeks. And at 22 weeks, I'll never forget, we were in the uh, ultrasound room and the technician who we had the same one for our first pregnancy, she just kept going over the same areas. And she was just like really focused on these areas. And 
she wasn't as bubbly as she was with our first baby. And she just, it was, it was just kind of weird. And, um, she kept asking me, are you sure that's your right due date? Are you sure? And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I pretty much tracked it on my phone. I was like really good about that. And, um, so she, uh, we go into the doctor's waiting into the room after, and I was, we were laying there and waiting for what seemed like forever. And when he walked in, I almost made the joke, are these appointments really necessary? Like, come on, everything's fine. And he just sat down and he said, I can't sugarcoat it. Um, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And it was like the room got bigger at the same time it got smaller. And it just was this, oh, such a helpless feeling. And he said, um, you know, we don't know. We can't tell exactly what's going on, but something's wrong with with her heart, she is measuring smaller and something's going on with a kidney. And so we're like, you know, what's going on? And my husband said, and he said, you know, it could be nothing. It could be something that just needs to be monitored and maybe she needs surgery or it could be this baby might not survive. And so my husband's like, okay, so basically she could be fine or she might die. And he said, no, no, let's, let's get it right. She's not fine. It's not okay something's definitely wrong. And so from there, um, we had different appointments and we, um, we did deeper ultrasounds and we went to, and we found out, um, she was missing, uh, about a third of her brain. She, um, had a heart mouth, mouth, uh, heart issue and then was missing a kidney and then was measuring in like the one percentile. And so from there, um, the doctor that day was like, okay, you have, you have a couple options. You could do nothing. You could, um, you know, try and find answers, try and go to primary children's and find out what's going on. Or, um, you could just terminate the pregnancy right here. And, um, what was hard about that was it was, we were at 25 weeks or something exactly, which at that point it was illegal to do in Utah. And, um, he said, you can do it, but you'd have to go to like Vegas or Colorado or something. And so we just said, well, we can't, we can't make that decision now, you know, without knowing any further, like, what if she is okay? What if she can have surgery and be okay? And so, um, we went to primary and did, you know, the echocardiogram and the, the scan on her heart and the scan on her brain. And, and then we did genetic testing as well and um, found out she has, tr she had trisomy nine mosaicism. And so when the, when the gen genetic specialist called us, she's like, you know, this has been documented in less than like 200 individuals ever. And so we, they just didn't have very much information. You know, there's different, different genetic um, malformations that they would classify as uh, lethal and that the chances of surviving are very, very slim. And so, um, you know, uh, terminating the pregnancy is fully allowed at that point. Um, but they said her diagnosis was a grave diagnosis. And so we we're like, well, what is, what does that mean? And so, um, but at that point we were 26 weeks and I had kind of had this internal counter in my head of, once we get to 26 weeks, I know I have friends who have babies who have survived and are thriving at that point. 
And so I, I can't be the reason why my baby's heart stops beating at that point. And so at that point, we decided to kind of against all of the specialists' uh, recommendations, we decided to keep the pregnancy and just see how far we could go. And um, with the goal of really the goal of trying to meet her and um, hold her while she was living for as long as that may be. Um, and it was, uh, it was at 33 weeks, which is really ironic because that's when Layla came <laughs> and, um, yes, we, uh, I, I went to bed one night and I, I noticed she wasn't moving as much as normal. Like she was very active, which made it hard to believe there can't be anything wrong with this kid. She is like kicking me nonstop. And, um, yeah, I went to bed and the next morning we had all these plans. It, uh, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and we had all these plans. We were going to clean the house. We were supposed to host Thanksgiving dinner. And, um, we, I said, Matt, I think we need to go to the hospital. And we went up to Layton and, uh, they did these tests and they said, her heart is beating. And we're like, okay, great, let's go. And they said, actually, she's not responding to a lot of things. If you want to meet, if you want to meet her, now is your time. And so we, <laughs> it's funny the things that your brain does when, uh, just in general, when you're going to have a baby. And um, I was like, well, we have dogs. What are we going to do with our dogs? <laughs> And uh, so I tried to call and schedule at their usual daycare. And they're like, well, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We don't have any availability. And I just started crying on the phone. And I had to hand it to my husband. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry. We're having an emergency right now. you know." And he kind of explained a little. And our dogs have gone there for years. And so they're like, yeah, oh, we're so sorry. Bring her in. Bring them in. And so then we drove down to Murray. And um, my normal doctor ended up, we... Um, labor was about 12 hours, I think. And we didn't want to break the water, um, because we wanted, because that intensifies labor and, uh, uh, three hours before she actually came, um, we lost her heartbeat. And, um, so the nurse kind of, we were looking at the ultrasound and then, and Matt and I had seen so many ultrasounds at that point and we didn't see the little flicker of the heart. And so at that point we knew and we just started crying and, and he said, and the nurse said, sounds like you guys know what you're looking at. And, uh, both of our moms were there with us and they just, uh, embraced us and hugged us. And then from there it was, you know, break my water and labor intensified and she entered the world on uh, Thanksgiving Day, um, 2021, and um, yeah, she she looks like her sister. It was crazy. So many similarities: her nose, her lips, her hands, big toes. So, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, you know those dates are already hard, but I'm sure it's gonna taint Thanksgiving for you for the rest of forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, last year was uh last year was the first Thanksgiving since since we lost her and you know, we basically decided as a family uh we're we're not going to be around anyone. <laughs> we're just going to take the day for ourselves. I feel like we might have ordered Chinese food and we just <laughs> decided we're not really going to celebrate. We're just going to kind of chill. So I think that's really important to set those boundaries. Yeah. Wow. 
So that's an ooey gooey mess. What happened after delivering her results? Like, were you in contact with your parents at that time? Actually, no. Um, we had been working with an organization called Rainbow Kids. Um, and so they kind of walked us through the process of different things to prepare for because we knew in any capacity she she would only survive for maybe a couple minutes, maybe an hour. We didn't know. And so we basically were preparing for her death um, while she was still inside me. That is something that I just, I don't think people can like grasp, you know, I just remember at 27 weeks, someone asked me, they asked, are you planning on cremating your baby or are you going to bury her? And it was like, why do I have to think about this? This is insane. And um, so, yeah, there's, I mean, I share, share parents have such amazing resources and and we weren't able to take advantage of those. Um, and I don't know if it was because it was the holiday uh, and they couldn't get, you know, a photographer or whatever, but we were very limited on what pictures we have of her and, and that type of thing, because we were just kind of in the moment and we snapped what we could, but it wasn't really the top priority at the time. So did you get a hold of for a while? Yeah. What, what was really hard is um, my body kind of went into shock. And so I was very cold and I just, um, and the thing for me was um, I couldn't hold her for like 45 minutes after, because for me, that was kind of, that was it. Once I held her and saw that she wasn't alive and didn't feel her heart, that was kind of the end of it, you know, and it was so final to me. And so I just put it off, put it off. And finally, my husband said, Jen, I, I think, I think you'll regret it if you don't hold her. I think you should, I think it's time. And so he kind of nudged me into it and, and I held her and we spent time with her. And then in the morning, uh, then we spent the night and then in the morning they brought her back in so we could spend more time. And then, uh, yeah, a week later, I think it was, we did a, a funeral for her kind of a thing. Uh, and we had my communion dress from when I was, when I went through my first communion, it was, um, made into a, a burial gown for her and, um, and some, and our family made a, a beautiful blanket for her with angel wings on it. And, um, we had a bunch of family and we did, you know, we read poems and, and we played a song that's uh, really meaningful. And so it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful day surrounded by, you know, a lot of family and, and loved ones. So. And I know her name, but I don't know if you told us yet. You named her Josie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was it like after, you know, once the funeral was said and done, how did you and your husband cope? <laughs> I don't know. You just sort of keep, I don't know. You know, it was, we were surrounded by family for a while. I was so lucky that my mom came and was here with us and, um, you know, it was around Christmas time and our daughter was so excited about um, just life in general, you know, and she, and Santa was coming. And so she was our ray of sunshine during that time. And people who 
have lost their first child in any capacity are so mind-blowingly strong to me because I leaned on my, well, she was two at the time. I leaned on my two-year-old so much. And I just think like, oh, those people who have, who don't have a, a baby or a child to lean on. I just, I, I just applaud you so much, you know, because I, I was able to get so much strength through her really is what it came down to. Yeah. And she doesn't even know it, but when she grows up and you tell her these stories about her little sister and, you know, she'll always remember her sister because you've kept her alive. Yeah. She, she's a very, um, intuitive kid, I feel like. And, uh, she was very, there were certain things that happened, you know, during the process and then after, and, you know, the day of the funeral, we thought like, cause we came home from the hospital and she still thought mommy had a baby in her belly. And, uh, so the day of the funeral, my husband and I were like, Hey, we kind of need to tell her, you know, and, and we didn't hide anything. I mean, we were, we kind of played it down for a two-year-old, but you know, when we were leaving the funeral, uh, and the cemetery, she goes, mom, why is baby sister in the dirt, you know, and asking certain questions and, it just makes it even more heartbreaking as like a, how do you explain this to a child? What's going on? And, um, I'm actually pregnant right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, 21 weeks and Layla will make comments like, I really hope this baby's heart works this time. And I'm like, well, I do too. <laughs> so. Not to feel responsibility. Because you had nothing to do with it, but it's your body. And so you just, feel responsible. Yeah. We feel like your body kind of failed you in some way. And my water breaking at seven weeks or 33 weeks and having my gallbladder removed, I'm like, Oh, what? My body just doesn't like this. So. So have you felt a lot of like PTSD during this pregnancy? Yep. Uh, the first, the first appointment, um, we went in and same, same exact thing happened that happened with Josie. Uh, they said, are you sure on the dates? And they, I couldn't get genetic testing until a week later. And, uh, but then it came back and they said, okay, you have a healthy, a healthy girl. And so these things like that have happened and, and it just so happens that my, it just so happens that, um, the ultrasound, the big ultrasound is not going to happen until 22 weeks, which is exactly what happened last time. And so I just, you know, the, you're looking through it through the lens of loss. And so it just, your mind, I think, naturally finds these similarities. But then when something as glaring as that similarity comes up, you're like, oh boy, here we go again. Here we go. Oh, that's scary. But you know, every pregnancy is different. And I, I remember having to tell myself that, you know, your body just, this is a different pregnancy. Your body is behaving differently than it did last time. And you just, all you can do is hope for the best because you're not in control. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. So, Tell me a little bit more about what you've done to honor Josie, because I've been able to see these 
little tokens that you've done in her honor. So tell us more about that. Yeah. Uh, so I've always been a kind of a interested in crafts and especially string and beads. Um, and so I started making, um, it started out just super simple making bracelets that had Josie's name on them for family. And then, um, you know, when you, when you experience loss, um, you know, you're, you're going around passing these, these things out, these little, I call them goodie bags of sorts. And okay, good job. And, uh, she ate all of her peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And, uh, and so once Layla, yeah. And so, uh, we in the hospital received one of these bags and it had just so many amazing little gifts. And, and you could tell people had put so much thought and so much love into them. And immediately when I got and was going through this bag, I thought I need to do something to contribute. I need to, we have just been shown so much love and so much support from people we know, people we didn't know. And um, we're just so grateful and there's no way we could pay it back to everyone. So let's pay it forward. And so um, it took a while to perfect the design, I'll call it, but um, I created, uh, I've been making angels um, and Basically, what I say is they're best used, you know, in your car windshield. Because I thought, too, not everyone wears jewelry. Uh, maybe a dad doesn't want to wear something. So I thought, what could be super neutral for whoever, you know? Um, and it's so it's an ornament of sorts that you can put on your car windshield or your uh, your rearview mirror or just hang around your house. And it's it's uh, kind of crystal or like glass, so it reflects the sun and. Um, and yeah, so those are my Josie's angels, and I've donated them to um, to, sh to share parents. Sorry. I've donated them to share parents um, because, interestingly enough, hospitals don't accept them because they can be thought as a symbol of religion with the angels. And so um, I was super, super glad when we found kind of our way in um, to get these into these bags uh, through Share Parents. So, and they're beautiful. You've done such a great job. Thank you. I have one myself, and and you don't even know me, but I have a little Josie's angel, and it has like a cute little card with her picture and name on it, and I prepare. My special thing with share parents is miscarriage kids, so early loss. And so I put one of Joseph's angels in every one of those kids. And so your influence is spreading, and you don't even know how far it's going, and it's amazing. It's What's really cool is um, in November last year to celebrate her angel day, her first angel day, I, um, you know, I have a website for for Josie's angels and, um, you know, a social media that I'm, I should be more active on for someone in marketing. Um, but, uh, I, I kind of put it out there, uh, that I committed to donating 50 and sending them wherever. And so, um, last year for Thanksgiving, I was able to send out, I think 46 and they went to so many different States all over the country. And it was just really cool to, 
to do that and to celebrate her in a, in a unique way and to kind of share her story and to give people, even if, you know, their loss was, I, some people lost, you know, a child 20 years ago and I was able to send them an angel. And so, um, it was, it was a really special thing and I hope I can do it every year. Shipping is just so expensive. (laughs) It's crazy to me, but it was, um, and I felt bad for everyone who was behind me at the post office <laughs> because each one had to be individually postmarked. But uh, it was it was a really cool experience. I just uh, created kind of like a document that they could um, submit a request for an angel and people just did. <laughs> not only, you know, remembering her and keeping her alive in the family, but, you know, brightening someone else's memory too. So, and if somebody wanted to find your website or your Instagram, um, would they be able to do that? Yeah, it's uh, josiesangels.org. Okay, awesome. I'll put it in the bio for people to remember as well so if there was like any advice you had for someone going through a similar experience what would you say to them given all of that you've learned you know I think the biggest thing is support is out there um you just have to be willing to share and I know that it's a really really hard thing to do because you just feel like you're alone and you just feel like this is only happening to me, but there's so many amazing people. And I guarantee in everyone's network that someone has experienced this or knows someone who has experienced this and is someone that you can lean on. Um, We shared, we announced our pregnancy and the issues as soon as we knew them at the same time. Um, and the the outpouring of support we received was just unbelievable. And I think that support exists for everyone, um, but it takes a little bit of courage to kind of not ask for it, but but put yourself out there, and and it will it will it will come to you. The support will come to you. There are so many resources out there, um, and so many special people who are willing to just support you amazing advice. I couldn't agree more. And I think, yeah, just putting it out there helps you realize what a large club this is and no one wants to belong to it, but we're really grateful that there are people willing to support one another through it. And I think the big thing too, is just, you know, finding what makes sense for you and your family. Um, we, we buried our daughter, you know, she's in a cemetery so that we can go visit her as a family. But some people it's important, cremation is important or so that they can have them in their house. You know, that there's just so many options out there. And um, I would just really encourage anyone who's going through it or who, you know, who goes through it to find what works for you because there's, there's no one answer. That's comforting to know. There's not a one size fits all. Well, Jen, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful Josie with us. 
and I know that hearing you share about her life and her presence ever since is really going to uplift someone else. So thank you very much for your vulnerability. Thank you for having me. I, I think what you're doing is so awesome um, to help people tell their stories and then kind of share hope yeah. for others. Like I said, there's, you know, you never want this to happen and you'll never be the same person again, but there is goodness that can be a result. And you've done that. You have created light and darkness and we should be very proud. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later then. Thanks so much. Thanks.